I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Right here on D-Lo and KC ESPN 1320. I think that little sound bite might have been on air. That's what made it funnier. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I was hoping it would. What, the weed is from the earth? Yeah. Which one? Oh, yeah, because you is. said it right when the music started playing. And I, I feel like, oh, man, we might, might, maybe would have caught it. But Jesse says no. Jesse, Jesse knows better than to keep our mic too high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he knows better. What uh, is 1320. On that one, what was that half was Look, I love weed. <laughs> you know what he said? I don't think I've seen half baked. I've seen half. That's Chappelle, I've right? Seen half of it before. Yeah, it's, it's it was kind of funny when I was watching it. All right, I um, you know, we welcome in James Hammer, thirteen twenty Kings Insider, and creator of the Kings Beat. You know all of those like jokes I tell about Kenny's house and like the acreage and the mm-hmm. security gate and. Right, right. All the all the false things he says about look my house. yeah that's really James's house I could imagine the like, guy he's, he's got a, a, a lake he's got a lake that is really James's house James sent me a note like because because I, I I went I, I finally made a trip out to Amsterdam uh, this weekend for 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 a little Christmas party and James you know sends the address and says you know your name is under my name when you when you when you when you get to the gate and I thought. And I'm in my head, I'm envisioning how does that work? Like, how do I punch that in on a little on a little screen? No, 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 no. You tell the armed gatekeeper Come on, you're man. here to see Come James on, Ham. And if your name is on the list, she'll let you in. So all of these jokes I've been telling for two and a half years about Kenny's house turn out to all be completely accurate. You got the wrong James. guy the whole time. I don't know that they're armed. They're armed with a button that has a gate that you can't get through i don't know it was a nice lady but she looked like she was armed <laughs> it's 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 possible I, I never know um yeah well i'm glad you were able to make it up uh saw the famous bar the famous bar uh, what did you i think? was really excited to see the little corner i did get i i got caught up like in your little library area where you do the show i was going through some of your books i almost checked a couple out <laughs> it's like hey <laughs> I don't think I've read this book the like James I, Ham Library. <laughs> almost, almost, almost asked for a, a a library card and checked a couple out there. But yeah, we had a we had a good time uh, hanging out, talking. You know, you know some good people, man. It was it was fun. It was nice to to be around each other and be around your friend and, and only talk Kings basketball part of the night uh, rather than the entire night. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's where I sit and watch games when they're on the road. It's where. That's my office. That uh, the bar is my office. So, yeah, it's a good group of people. I'm I'm glad you're able to make it up. 
Well, um, no, sorry, sorry, no, no, Kenny, go you ahead. Got it, you got it, because I was about to ask well, him about the game he watched on Friday night. Well, let's do it. Yeah. Would you think? Did you ever think they were going to lose that game on Friday? Once I, maybe it's more specific. Once they got the lead in the third quarter, did you think you know they had it in hand, or was it still up in the air? There was a moment in the first half where I thought, "Oh, do they have the legs?" That's mm. where I started to see, "Do they have the legs?" And then what we're seeing is this: this team is figuring out how to punch back in the mm. in the third quarter, and uh, and you know they got the the Pistons on their heels. And I, I no, once we got to the mid third quarter, I thought that game was over and like really impressive to finish a six game road trip that way. And look, uh, you know, this team has not had success. It hasn't had continued success forever. I asked a question. You guys ran the video of me asking the question earlier about De'Aaron. He didn't even know. This team has not been five games over 500 since 2006. (laughs) 2006, they haven't been five games over 500. They have an opportunity tonight. Then they could actually get to maybe they could get six games over 500 again, 2006. The last two games of the season, they they won to, to get to... Was it forty four and thirty eight? Wow. Um, but like that's the magnitude of what this group is up against is so incredible. Like this is something like we keep talking about the history and the sixteen years and all this stuff, but it's not just sixteen years of like you know some highs and lows. It's sixteen years of horrific basketball. Mm. You know, maybe one or two seasons where you could point to that there was even a glimmer of real hope. Mm. This is the first year, and so like I'm happy to see these players kind of get to that, especially guys like Fox and Barnes that have been here for a long time, and, and they're figuring out how to get over the hump. And it makes games like tonight, though, to me, at least m- mentally tougher because Detroit was the second-worst team in the league, second only to Charlotte, <laughs> the team that they're playing tonight. Yeah, but you know what? They just got uh, they just got Lamelo back, and this team really they were good last year. They were fun last year. Um, you know they made a bunch of changes, and Steve Clifford's there, and you know they swapped out coaches. No Jay Triano running the offense, um, of course. No Bridges. Uh, that team is very different, and so they're they're starting to like they've lost seven straight. So it's hard to say that they're turning a corner. But, you know, again, this is a team that has been playing for most of the year without their two best players, one that they'll play the entire year without and the other that they missed that missed all the first half of the season um, or the first 25, 30 games. So um, I expect this to still be entertaining, though. Uh, It's a team that's on the second night of a back to back and one of the worst back to backs in the league. Anytime you got to go from Denver or Utah to Sacramento or the Bay Area and and play on the second night of a back to back, it's almost a scheduled loss. You're you got the the <laughs> travel's bad. It's not an easy trip to the airport for some of these places, and uh, like it's just not a it's not a good conducive to winning type of trip. I mean, I, I would be surprised if Charlotte has a lot left in the tank, and if the Kings hit them hard like they did the Pistons in the third quarter, they'll likely fold. Denver's airport um, allegedly demonic. You hear that? Uh-uh. It's a demonic airport. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, real talk. I think we talked about this before on the show. But, I feel um, like we have. Yeah. But you, you talk about... Though the last couple of weeks you've been having, like, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure that the Caraway compound isn't demonic. <laughs> craziness. Just craziness. Um, but you talk about Charlotte and, and, you know, Steve Clifford. I mentioned to Damien, it really feels like, just from the outside looking in, there's a bit of a um, 
I don't want to call it a power struggle because I don't think it's that. But I think Steve Clifford took over this team, took back control over this team from what he had before, and he's encountered a bunch of guys who have a bunch of bad habits, at least for the way that he likes to play basketball. And he is doing everything he can to work them out of those bad habits, and they're struggling to win games because of that because he seems like, hey, you're going to do it this way. This is the way it needs to be done. And they're like, well, we don't we ain't done it this way in four years. What do you and it, maybe it is a power struggle a little bit, but it feels like that's what's going on with Charlotte right now. Plus, like you talked about not having your two best players. Well, and even when you do get LaMelo back, like he he likes to freelance. Mm-hmm. That guy's out there doing his own thing. He's mm-hmm. never liked structure. You know, that's why he ended up playing what in Lithuania and Poland and all kinds of other places. Like he's always been a guy that wants to do his own thing and and dances to the beat of his own drum. And that's fine. But when you get a coach like Steve Clifford, like that's where the marriage like almost looks like it's a bad fit from the beginning. I mean, you just lock that guy up to a three or four year deal and he's an authoritarian. He's a X's and O's and a, you know, defensive minded coach. And it's, it's a lot different than what, what we're looking at here in Sacramento with with Mike Brown. Mike Brown is is a attention to detail guy, but he's also a player's coach. He's also someone who, you know, brings the joy to the court. He's also someone who, while he loves defense, he also understands that when you play, when you're an assistant on the Golden State Warriors, that, you know, you, you got to play up tempo in the in the modern NBA. And so I think that like the Kings really did get a good coach, uh, and I'm not saying that Steve Clifford's a bad coach, but what I am saying, he might not have been the right coach for the roster that they have, and it's just kind of a strange fit, and we'll have to see how it goes for him. You know, you know real quick, Dame, I, he, James brought up a great point thinking about Mike Brown, and I really believe when you talk about like Mike Brown, his time with Cleveland, his time with San Antonio, his time with the Lakers, I think that time with the Warriors did so much good for him in his growth as a coach because he was a guy who was, you know, just kind of grinded out or whatever, but he got an opportunity to see, and maybe he got the same experience in San Antonio, but I feel like that time in Golden State, like you can play defense at a, at a high level and still have a beautiful game on the offensive end. You can, you can be freelancing a little bit. You could be, you know, have player movement and, and do all this other stuff. And I feel like he, he incorporated that, even if it's not into his game, into his coaching style, but into the coaches that he brought along with him, where it's like, hey, I know I'm a defensive guy, but I need this type of offense here in, in my next job in Sacramento. I I credit it to Golden State. I, I think his time there did wonders for him. Yeah, I think it did wonders to work for a guy like Steve Kerr, who, you know, again, it comes from the Phil Jackson tree and – and the Greg Popovich tree, so he's got a lot of different types of styles that he uses to to reach players and to connect. Um, you know, Phil Jackson was was like the king of uh, like finding ways to reach players and and get into players' heads and like bring them into the inner circle. And then, of course, Popovich is the structure and the military and all that stuff. So I think Steve Kerr really has a lot of cool things that he brought to the table that. Mike was able to learn from. I'll also tell you, like, look, Mike, uh, he's been honest about, like, his path since the last time he was a head coach. Um, he, I believe, got divorced between then and now. Uh, his life has changed a lot. You know, he's not a young guy who who's trying to make it in the league. And, I mean, 
We talked about this the whole time when they were like looking at these coaches. Mike Brown came into this season with a 616 win percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where that ranks at all time, but I'm going to guarantee it's in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he, like, win percentage-wise, was one of the the greats. And you can say LeBron or you can say that he was there with Co- – like, all these things. You can make excuses for why that happened. But there are other coaches that have, that have come around and been with LeBron and not put up that type of win percentage. And uh, I think that we overlooked Mike Brown quite a bit in this whole search. Mm-hmm. And Mike Brown, he's just the right guy at the right time. That's what it feels like to me. And, you know, I, I hope he's able to keep going like this because he's so much fun, especially when they're winning. It's Stilo and Casey, along with James Ham here on KIFM West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, KRX, QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, driven by Lasher's Elk Grove Dodge, always live on the free Odyssey app. We're live on Twitch and YouTube as well. If you're on YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320, we ask you to hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe buttons as well. If you're just listening on the radio or the Odyssey app, you can always go check out uh, the ESPN 1320 YouTube channel or Twitch channel. Uh, later on in the day, always really, really good content uh, for you there. Um, and speaking of Mike Brown, Mike Brown is advocating for everybody. He started a press conference uh, the other day where I think or a couple of weeks ago where you, I think, saved a, a table from falling over on him when he was showing us in his, his socks for some reason. Uh, but he was talking about Malik Monk being the sixth man of the year. Uh, I saw him talking uh, yesterday about DeMontis Sabonis. Being an all-star, everyone said detail, detail, detail. Man, he he he's he's fighting for his guys. Like you you mentioned that that fine line of being a detailed guy, but being a player's coach. Man, he's out there fighting for his guys to get some recognition here. Yeah, well, and I think his his guys deserve the recognition. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's one thing if he's out there, you know, pining for somebody that doesn't deserve it. But Malik Monk all of a sudden is up to fifteen points a game. Uh, you know, we're, we're watching Demonis Sabonis just, I mean, Anthony Davis has been really, really good this season. He's going to miss a bunch of time now, but he's been really good this season. And Jokic, of course, is the two-time reigning MVP. If you had to list the centers in the Western Conference right now, it's Jokic, AD, and Sabonis. And, and that's it. And, yep. and it might even be, you know, Jokic, Sabonis, AD, with AD being out. Um, and we don't know if he'll be around for the All-Star game or not, but Anthony Davis could still steal a, an All-Star uh, appearance just because he plays for the Lakers. So if you're a Kings fan and you're out there, start voting and start voting, yeah. like, nonstop. Like, get Sabonis to the All-Star game because I think you still have an opportunity to get two in. Mm-hmm. You do. Uh, you know, Fox is still... Highly regarded. He's still had a very, very good season, even though he's had maybe two or three weeks where his numbers are down a little bit. But I expect him, especially on this homestand, to really take off again. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, this homestand sets up for the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the Kings are playing, what, is it 11 out of 13 at home? But it's actually something bigger yeah, than that. Yeah, it's 15 to 19. Yeah, 15 out of 19, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that takes you all the way to the end of January. That's when the All Star uh, like balloting is really happening and really finishing up. So if the Kings can go on a run here, and all of a sudden we talk about it, they're five, six, seven, eight, ten games over five hundred somehow. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he's got a shot. You got a shot to get two guys in without any question. Yeah. Um, I talked about, you know, I've been talking about this homestand for a minute, probably, you know, driving Damien crazy because I bring it up <laughs> every chance I get. But I just think it's really imperative. This 15 home games in the next 19 games, I think it's going to set the groundwork, set the foundation for what this team is going to be able to do um, for the rest of the season. If they're going to be a legit top six team or they're going to be a team that's fighting in that play-in range. I, you don't have to put a number on it. I, I did it myself. But I said, you know, these 15 games, I'd like to see them be 10-5 and five in those these 15 home games. Judging not necessarily about the, the competition or nothing like that, but more so about just the way they've shown that they, they're playing at home. They're Right now I think they won 8 of 9 at the Golden 1 Center. And they've talked a lot about how they draw so much energy from being at home. And we've seen it with how they play at home. I think this is a is a big opportunity for them to kind of solidify themselves in that top six category of the Western Conference. Yeah, without going through all of the games and just marking off, you know, win, loss, win, loss type deal, um, I would say 10 and 5, it, it might even be on the low side. Mm-hmm. Like you would hope that they would do, you would, like 10 and 5 I think would be a minimum. What are they at home this year? They're, um, I don't have the, oh, they're 8 and 4 yeah. at home. So, I mean that's that's basically ten to five, but you got to remember they lost like the first four yeah. or or the first three, three yeah. their first three, and then so since then they've they've been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won eight, like you said eight out of nine. So um, yeah, I, I don't want to put an exact number on it. I mean you you do have like Denver twice, like mm-hmm. on a back to back. You've got Denver. <laughs> that like what kind of scheduling anomalies are these? It's just very strange. Although it does wipe out that horrible back to back. Um, you know, of having to go to Denver and, and someone else. Um, but anyway, my point is, like, this is a moment where if they seize the opportunity, if they ride the wave of the fan base and the light, the beam, and all the fun that's happening, they got a really good shot, especially with the last 25 games of this season very specifically. And we're talking about, it's funny, I was doing math in my head. So right now they're 16 and 12, so that's 28 games. They've got... The next 19 games, so put that together, that's 57, Hmm. right? So they've got, maybe that's 47. So they've got like 37, uh, 35 games after that. Mm -hmm. The last 25 games of this season, it's going to be a mad uh, rush for a bunch of teams that are trying to pick up wins and a handful of teams that are trying to pick up uh, losses. Mm -hmm. Like This is going to be one of those things where there are going to be a ton of teams just going, yep, we're good. Uh, We're playing for Victor, and that's it. And so that last 25 games of this particular season, I think, is going to be really, really strange to watch. It's going to be a lot of easy wins on the table. Mm. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Have you heard anything about... And I, I, <laughs> Candy talking about you're tired of bringing something up. You've got to be tired of me asking this, but it's based on Mark Stein's tweet, uh, writing about uh, Monty McNair. In uh, a potential extension with Sacramento, you've been all over this story for months. Have you heard anything about a Monty McNair extension? Yeah, you know. Okay, so I wrote about it yesterday. I didn't put it out till late last night. Um, so my Sunday musings, I, I had a segment of it on the Monty McNair situation. Like, look, we've heard the rumors here in Sacramento. We've heard the rumors that. Um, not only is there a good chance that you know Monty will be extended, but there's a possibility that. You know, maybe the the deal's already done and yeah. that they're just waiting until next month to announce it, which, again, doesn't make a lot of sense for a myriad of reasons. Like, why would you wait? There's no reason to wait. Um, but, like, when you get news like that, you get rumors like that, you got to track them. And, like, I've gone pretty high up the chain and, and got uh, some pretty strong denials about that story. And so I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I'll tell you. It's something I wrote uh, yesterday. Like, Monty McNair is on the phone with Vivek Ranadive at least once a day. Vivek talks to him all the time. He calls, he checks in. They talk daily. So like, it, if there's going to be a deal that gets done, it can happen in a day. It can happen quickly because they're already in constant communication. They already know what, you know, what he's going to want and what Vivek's going to want to pay and all like the parameters of a deal wouldn't take long to put together. There's industry standards basically that could be followed that, that this thing could get done quickly. And I've talked to Monty myself. He loves Sacramento. Um, he loves the direction of the team. He loves the vibe that's happened here. Um, but he also, you know, is he understands the business and that this will take care of itself. And that means if he builds a winner, He'll get a big offer. And the only thing I said it to you guys early, the only question is, does he do so well that he gets a bigger offer from somebody else? Hmm. And that's where if you're the Kings, it's on you. Lock it up. Yeah. You know, this is a guy that helped create what's happening here. He's the one that, you know, is, is helping to to create the buzz that's happening in Sacramento. And uh, you know, he probably won't be around this week. He'll be in Las Vegas, uh, with the the G League um showcase. Mm-hmm. Because that's where a lot of like the early stages of trade conversations happen, is at the the showcase down in in Vegas. Um, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens right after the holidays because the Kings are that they're playing that well, and he's done that good of a job putting a team together. Yeah, he, he's he's built this team from the ground up, as we like to say. He's got it out the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, the only two people still are three people. It's Rashawn. Harrison and Fox, yeah, and everything else he's put together, he's built, he's uh, willed and dealed to to be able to get these guys in here, man. So um, I'm not breaking any news, but he absolutely deserves an opportunity, and I would say an opportunity to see this thing through. Like he built it, mm. now let's see 
what you can do with it, if you can expand on it, if you can, you know, make this a perennial playoff team and a possibly a contending team. Uh, he, he's definitely earned that opportunity with, with what he's put together. Well, that and you let him hire the coach. Okay, first of all, you let him trade a young all-star level point guard. You Then you let him trade away the first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And, and then you let him hire a coach. Like, all of these things are something that you do for someone who's going to be there long-term. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to have someone else inherit this. Like, sure, this could be a really good thing. But, you know, like, again, Monty has extended himself when it comes to the draft pick situation with the Herder trade. Yeah. Um, he's a guy who, like, he's the one who built the relationship with Demonis Sabonis, like, right off the bat. He's the one you want negotiating the extension for for Demonis Sabonis uh, after next summer, you know, not this coming summer, but the following summer. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would assume that if they are going to do something, it'll be a three-year deal that uh, a three-year contract extension that matches Mike Brown's tenure in Sacramento and then go from there. Yeah. Uh, but still got to get it done. And to date, like we haven't seen the the press release come up, come across yet. And I haven't got a, a solid thumbs up from anybody that's actually done. Uh, but we did get a solid thumbs up from uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, that he's feeling pretty healthy. You got a chance to talk to him today. Uh, what were your takeaways from that conversation? Yeah, he looks like he's got a smile uh, back. You know, I think he had a he ran into it there for a little bit. You know, just the accumulation of injuries kind of slowed him down and snowballed snowballed on him a little bit. He he had the two games off. Um, I think it cleared his head. And uh, I think he's ready to roll. He said the Philadelphia game, where while he didn't shoot well when he first came back, that was the first game that he actually felt like better, and he he felt his best that he has in like a month. Um, he also said that he was. I asked him if he was going to wear a band aid tonight because um, he still has stitches. You can visibly see like two little blue stitches right by his eye, and uh, he's like, I think they're going to take these out right now. He's like, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go in the back room. They're going to clip out the stitches and pull them. Um, so maybe he wears a Band-Aid, maybe he doesn't. Uh, but either way, like he's healthy, he looks good, he he looks like he's ready to uh, really step back into the role that he was doing the first 20 games of the season where he was just incredible. From what I remember, that's the worst part of stitches is getting them taken out. That, that hurt. The stitches themselves didn't hurt. Getting them taken out, that, that was like, oh. I mean, it wasn't like painful, but I was like, oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. Uh, I hope I never experience it again. But um, – yeah, De'Aaron, I thought in the in the game against Philadelphia, I thought he looked good. The shots just weren't falling, but I thought he looked like he had a bounce to his step, um, and he, you know he was playing playing normal, in my opinion, from what I see from him visually. Um, but I, I thought he really like got down and dirty and got into his bag in that Toronto game. I really loved the 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 grit and the aggressiveness. That he played for, and it was one of those. He played with the Nets Toronto game, and it was one of those things, in my opinion, where he was like, "No, we're not, we're not losing this game." He he had one of those moments where he's like, "We're not losing this game," and if we lose, it's not going to be because I was passive or you know I didn't you know put up the shots or or have the certain level of aggressiveness. And I, I love to see that, and him saying that he feels better now. I hope that's the fox that we get back to seeing, um, especially on his homestand. Yeah, I mean, he he came back and he almost 
put up double doubles in both of the games. He had one double double and almost a second double double uh, in the final two games of the road trip. Like, look, this is the guy that you need. Mm. He, I mean, he uh, the Toronto game you talked about. He played forty two minutes that night, mm. and you know, like the the flu bug has gone around this team too over the last like week. Alex Len, of course, had to leave the team for a little bit. He did rejoin the team in Detroit. Um, but he was sick, uh, and you know, with Alex Len, he's a guy that once he misses a week, uh, it might take him two weeks to get back up to uh, to playing speed. Mm-hmm. That that's just the way his body works. Um, but Davion Mitchell missed a game with the flu. Uh, yeah, this team is coming together though, and like right now, we're watching like the only guys that aren't with the team are Chima Moneki and, and Keon Ellis, who have gone to. Uh, with the the Stockton Kings down to the G League showcase, um, even uh, Namias Keda is still here in Sacramento, mm-hmm. and and again that's probably because uh, you know Alex Lynn isn't on the injury report, but maybe Alex Lynn can go, maybe he can't. Uh, like we, don't, I don't know. He was at he was at uh, shoot around this morning, but it's really fun when you go to a shoot around and you got like fifteen bodies on the court. Everyone is playing. Everyone is up and down and having a good time. And you know they got the music blaring. They're all competing to you know, how many shots they can get and uh, they move from one spot on the floor to the next. So yeah, the spirit of this team right now is really good. So you you pretty much answered this question, but just so it's flat out asked and confirmed Davion Mitchell was at shoot around and is expected to play tonight. Oh yeah. Davion's playing. Yeah. Uh, They, their injury report has no one on it except for Chimo Moneki, who's with the the Stockton Kings. Hmm. Any other notes from shoot around? Not really. I mean, it was a good. Did vibe. you talk to anyone besides De'Aaron? No, we were we were trying to get Keegan, um, and we were also trying to get Malik Monk to talk about Charlotte, his Charlotte experience. But both of them had other things going on. Uh, and by the time we got done with Fox, I guess Keegan was already on the training table, just getting worked on after practice. So, um, and that's another, you know, like Keegan Murray. Uh, I think he found himself on the road. Yeah. That's why we wanted yeah. to talk to him today because. It's his first huge road trip in his young career, a six-game trip. And, like, during the trip, you you saw him sort of find himself. He's up to, like, I think it's around 14 points a game over the six games. Uh, His shooting numbers are better. Yeah, he's starting to come around. I thought he flexed a little bit in that game on Friday. You know, he he got into a situation where he was like, I'm going to turn my game up here. And, you know, I'm sure he says it's just, you know, another game. or You called it, though. You yeah, called it on Friday. Yeah, you were man, like, step out there a little bit. You can get out there and see what you can do, man. You're going up against Jaden Ivey, man. He, and I know he's he's not that type of guy. You know, he's not thinking about it that way. But, you know, these are little things that, that would motivate me. You know, okay, that, nothing personal with Jaden Ivey. But, you know, I, I heard everything that was said about me being drafted in front of him. I want to show him what I can do. And I felt, especially in that third quarter, the way he started that, I think Mike Brown and the Kings looked for him a little bit. And I thought he, you know, picked his game up a little bit at, at that moment, man. And I, I love seeing that from Keegan, man. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Jaden Ivey looked every bit the part of the Rod player that we heard he would be coming into the league. And Keegan looked like the mature player that everyone expects, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jaden, of course, fouled out. And I think he only played like 22 minutes and fouled out. He had like five points and five assists, but just like all over the place, jumping on people's backs. <laughs> that like was all, wild. <laughs> it was all over the place. <laughs> And it's something that, like, people need to remember. Like, Mike Brown has made this point, but there's a big difference when you're playing for the Detroit Pistons, who are at the bottom, not the bottom, but close to the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings, and you're playing for a team that's four games over 500, 
and the fifth seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Like there's a huge difference in how a rookie is dealt with in those situations. So when things are good, they're going to let you keep going. When things aren't good, they're going to go to a veteran and, and like make sure that things are going the right way. So yeah. he's not allowed the same mistakes. He's not allowed to go jump on people's backs and fall <laughs> down and go crazy and do the things that Jaden Ivey did. And they're just going to be – they're going to learn a different way. So one of them like might have much better stats – but one of them, the other one is actually playing meaningful minutes on a good team, uh-huh. and that's a big deal. <laughs> that play really stood out. I was like, oh my God. settle down. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we regularly mentioned uh, De'Aaron Fox finding his smile, if you will, um, in a different way. Has Harrison Barnes does the same thing? Man, I, th- I think he has. Harrison looks like he's having fun. I mean, as much as Harrison Barnes can look like he's having fun, because he's never over the top. I was watching his, uh, I think it was his, I think it was an NBA TV interview, and it was like Harrison, you know, it was like Harrison Barnes's version of fun. Yeah, might it, be different really than mine. Is, yeah, like straight right. face. It, yeah, it, 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 exactly. But he was he 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 spoke with a little bit more joy. He was probably thrilled to not be answering questions about a nine game losing streak or a you know a, an organization on its deathbed and things like that. But it looks like it looks like Harrison is having a good time. You know, like I totally agree. And this is the other part of the piece I wrote yesterday is that Harrison Barnes like. We've said this so many times. He means so much to this team and to the way, like, if you can't respect who and what Harrison Barnes is as a community member and all that stuff, then I don't know. Like, the Kings haven't had guys like this all the time. Like, Garrett Temple was a great community guy. Uh, They have guys that are really good in the community, but Harrison Barnes just takes things to such a different level. And he's so professional behind the scenes. He's the way he takes care of his body is something that young players learn from. He is teaching the entire time how to maintain himself. What is he? Is he year 11 in the league mm-hmm. and he's 30 years old and he still looks like he's in prime shape. And uh, the Kings are very cognizant of what he means to that locker room. And if Monty McNair were to pull the 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 trigger on a big deal that involved Harrison Barnes because he's a restricted free I mean an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year it would have to be for something very very big uh, that's because they're worried that if you if you shake up the chemistry of this team right now it's one thing to pick off players around the peripheral guys who aren't playing as much like Rashawn Holmes or Alex Len uh, who's like a four million dollar expiring contract even like if you got into the TD situation where he's again an expiring contract of four million, or Trey Lyles at two point six million, all of those things. Like, but when you reach into the core of that team and you start talking about Harrison Barnes, it's got to be another Harrison Barnes. It's got to be someone who means more than just points and rebounds, mm-hmm. and and it's a big deal for this group. And so, um, I again, I, if you knew that Harrison Barnes was signing an extension, or you could get him to sign an extension now. That's something I would consider because if you if you know he's going to be here for the next three years, mm-hmm. that's a lot different than having no idea and having to risk going to the next season with no starting small forward and having to reset yourself, especially when you know this team is very likely not going to have a top-tier draft pick mm-hmm. like they have in previous years where you could start building off of that. 
Uh, so it, it just makes it a little more complicated. Yeah, James, I, I've talked about it a little bit. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch this team right now. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd let them do it, and at the very least, I would wait until this stretch of fifteen and nineteen at home, because I think that's going to tell you a lot about whether you need something or not. Because if they do the ten and five, eleven and four, or something like that, well, at least with this group, you know you can take care of business at home. You know you can do that, and you don't need a major shakeup. Um, to come in here and be a team that's contending or a possible top six team as opposed to a playing team, you can start to get a little more selective of what you do. But the the point that you made about just messing up that locker room, I'd be real cautious. They they this isn't just a team that's like oh they're they're a good team they're solid like this is a team that seems to love each other, and I just wouldn't mess with that. I, I really wouldn't. The only way you do is if again you're picking off the peripheral. If you're going the like players 11 through 15 and mm-hmm. you're somehow turning that into a major rotational piece that improves your team. Yeah. And, I mean, again, we can all look at this team. We know that every team in the league could use more shooting. Uh, this team in particular needs another defender, and they could use a shot-blocking presence that they can actually get on the floor and play. They need a three or a four that can actually block shots. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get that done without disrupting the core and and add to it, I, I would like when we, we watch baseball, you get to the stretch run, you know what you need. You know, you, you got to go out and get another reliever. You got to get another bat in the middle mm-hmm. of the order. Mm-hmm. Like those are things that you have to get in order to put yourself over the top in baseball. Yeah. I think this team could use one more move to put them over the top where right now you're you're tenuous at the number five. You know, you could you slide in number seven? Could you slide in number eight? Sure you can. And with the play in, you know, I think for this, the last couple of years everyone's like, Man, we can only get to the play in, we can only get to the play in. You know, well that's the play in is really it's seven through ten. It's not just the the nine and ten that are the play in. Like if you're number seven or you're number eight, you're not in the playoffs until you beat those the the other uh, playing teams, and so like you want to be number six, you want to be number five, so you don't have to worry about how it you know the playing portion of it. You want to be able to get up higher. I got good news for you, James, Uh, Kenny, myself, the Chatty House. uh, We solved the shot blocker problem earlier, and it won't cost you much of anything. D. White Howard. How do you say his name like that? <laughs> um, Dwight no. Howard. Come on, man. Pick him up in Taiwan. Bring him up to Sacramento. Let's rock. Hey, big fella, protect the rim. 7 to 11 minutes per game. Let's go. Yeah, he's different. Like, he's one of the, the more different players that I've been around in the league. And, he um, is different. And you can... You can mess up chemistry by bringing in the wrong piece, and so we talk. Oh, about Oh, that's not Dwight. No, I don't think so yeah, I think we he... talk about this delicate balance. Like, I, I want someone who ah. can actually do some of the things that that Sabonis can do. Hmm. Okay, that's not Dwight. Well, I had a question, and this kind of, I like Dwight. I like the uh, the option of Dwight better than this, but I'm just throwing it out there. All right. Um, and this would the reason why I don't like this is because it would probably take away Harrison Barnes, and I don't want to do that. But what about Christoph Rzingis? Oh, it, well, again, like character matters, mm-hmm. and that's not a high character guy. 
behind the scenes. Mm. So, I mean, he's had, he's had issues in the past. Uh, his, his situation in New York that he got out of was sketchy. He's got some family members that are around that may or may not be a deterrent who run his stuff for him. Um, like he's a guy that like, if you're going to put red flags, um, like between the knee injuries and the personality off court stuff, he, he would be a hard pass for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, for that matter, like I, I would kind of put Kyle Kuzma in that group as well. Not that he's a horrible human being or anything, but that like he wants something different and it's not just about basketball and Sacramento really doesn't have the glitz and the glamour that he's looking for as a player. So like those are things that matter when you're going out and you're trying to add chemistry pieces. And, you know, I was, I covered the team when Iman Shumpert was like, wasn't playing that much, but he was, he was starting. He still had, but he had this mojo. And then when he left, it really did change the dynamic in the locker room uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, not for the, the bad. I mean, it, it shifted dramatically and a lot of players just kind of like let go. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone thought that that would be the result of, of trading him um, just because from like a coaching and a front office perspective, he actually was becoming more like he wanted more of a role. He wanted more minutes. He wanted to finish games and was starting to push buttons and the Kings weren't ready for that and they didn't want that. And so the players loved him, you know, coaches and management were starting to like get a little worn out with the, with him wanting to be more. And so you're always like when you're making this move, if you're going to make another move, it would, it would hopefully be for something that is meaningful that will last a couple of years or two small pieces that would help bolster the back end of your rotation. Just give you, get you over the top. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, for the record, I wouldn't do the Porzingis deal um, for a couple of different reasons, but I thought about him. Honestly, James, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch this roster. (laughs) Uh, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, and that's not what GMs do or whatever. I wouldn't touch this roster right now. Well, I mean, like tonight, Charlotte's rolling in. Charlotte is. It looks like they're done. Uh, you know, they're they've had such a bad start to the season. Um, they could always turn things around, but it's more likely that that they'll take a step backwards because they had again the Miles Bridges situation. Uh, they had Ball being injured, mm-hmm. but like if. They want to just leave a couple of players here and PJ Washington and Mason Plumley, and you can work out something. Do that, PJ. So, come on, man, like, we got you. But again, that those are deals that fully make sense. They're players that can step in, that can fill roles without upsetting the the delicate balance of what's happening. Again, like Plumley, he can run the offense. Mm-hmm. Like he was Jay Triano center the last five years or four years or whatever he's been in Charlotte. Like that was his guy. He can run this offense. He can step in, and when Sabonis steps off the court, he's not the same type of player. He's not the same like quality of, of passer, but he can do the job, and it's something that this team lacks. It's that mm-hmm. secondary guy that can, you know, when Sabonis goes out, that you don't take a big, you know, drop off. Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball with our 13 13- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Money Kings insider James Ham. When we get back here on Sacramento Sports Leaders, D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. No, no. Back to D'Lo and KC. D'Lo and KC on ESPN 1320. Taking you to the top of the hour with our 1320 Kings insider and creator of the Kings beat, James Ham here. Here's some stats from uh, our statistician, uh, Will Z. Uh, let's talk about the Kings third quarters. Uh, we saw it again on Friday when they outscored Detroit 38 to 23. The Kings third quarters offensive rating 116.8. That's good for eighth in the league. Defensive rating 110. That's good for seventh in the league. Net mm. rating 6.1. That's good for sixth in the league. Mm. The Kings are a top third quarter team. Mm, wow. And now we are officially it? in bizarro world. <laughs> Whatever, Thunkin'. Remember how afraid we were at third quarters? I haven't felt that way not once this year. We were afraid, of, we were afraid of yeah. a lot of things. Not, well, <laughs> we were afraid of a lot of things with the Kings. <laughs> you're afraid of being a drug smuggler. I mean, apparently. this is just, if you If you've been here all day, you know that Kenny's afraid of being a drug I smug- mean, I, smuggler. I, I made, at least I made the right decision in my dreams. Sitting around crying and... <laughs> That's why. That's why you gotta uh, check the YouTube feed when you can, because <laughs> KC, right KC been telling some wild stories. There's no hope breaks. with dope. Stupid, dumb. <laughs> oh, that's incredible! Uh, what a shift in uh, the third quarter. The the way that the Kings have played in 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 the third quarter, um, and that is a massive relief to Kings fans, but. It says something, I think, about, James, we used this example earlier. Um, How many times did that happen to the Kings last year when they were in a close game against a good team and then the third quarter starts and it's over? Yeah. I mean, uh, we're seeing, like, 
a, a like a different version of the Kings than we have for years and years. I mean, like the preparation, the way that they're they're turning things around in uh and in the locker room at at halftime, they're making adjustments. They're the ones who are coming out with the energy and punching. This is like something that you know, a couple of years ago, it was like, how come you're getting killed every single night in the third quarter? And all of a sudden, this is becoming a strength of this team. Um, yeah, it's uh, they've got pieces that that are different, right? And so if something's working, uh, Mike Brown sticks with it. If something isn't, uh, he isn't shy about going to Malik Monk early and, and giving the team some uh, some energy. And he's not worried about some of these things that, uh, you know, like there is no ego. Uh, there's not an ego with him. There's not an ego with his players. Like I- I'm going to do what's best for the team tonight. We're going to figure out something else that's working. And like this team has, they have a bil- an ability right now um, to take a punch and to hit with a counter punch. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, again, this was Glass Joe for a long time here in Sacramento. You hit this team hard in the first four minutes of the third quarter, and is widely known around the league that they're going to crumple up and go crawl into the corner. Uh, and that's just not what we're seeing at this point. Hey, James, so, you know, I know last week Damian talked about, no, this team is who they are, and when are we going to kind of start appreciating and accepting that? But, you know, there's still I still feel like there's, like, checkpoints, right? They passed this test with the six-game road trip. They got they went 500. They gutted out some wins to go five. That was one of the things. Well, we're going to learn a lot about this team on this six-game road trip. What's the next we're going to learn a lot about this team checkpoint? Is it the six-game homestand that they have following this right now But as part of that 15-19? to 19? Yeah, I think it's 11 of 13, too. Like, they have uh, they have a six, and then they have, like, a, a two-game break where they're, they're away right at New Year's, and then they come back for another uh, – they come back for another five before they have another two-day. Um, like, we've seen this before. We've seen this dance before where – uh, was it last year where the Kings had like a cupcake schedule in December mm-hmm. and the whole entire month was just laid out for them to be like a really strong in the conversation team and they just lay down mm-hmm. and, and took it. And you're like, what in the world just happened? And so like, look, at, at some point, like we keep checking these things off, but it comes back to the, what today is. Like if they've had... This is the third opportunity this season to go five games over 500. This team has not done that in 16 years. Mm. Like, it's it's a step. It's just one of these little statistical moments, but it is a step where if you can get past one of these little, you know, roadblocks, then maybe you got a shot. And, you know, they keep passing the test, like what you're saying, the, the 300 road trip, like, I didn't believe that would happen. I thought two and four was, like, the sort of the top. I thought... They would steal one, and they would win against Detroit, mm-hmm. even though I thought the Detroit game would be t- tougher than it was just because the last game of six-game uh, six road trip. I thought they'd be able to steal one, and I did not think they'd be able to steal one in Toronto on the second night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. That's that's a tough game, too, and Toronto's a well-coached team, and they've got a bunch of like matchup oh. issues with the Kings. Yeah. Um, so like the fact that they pass a test, even with De'Aaron Fox missing two games and— Davion Mitchell missing a game again like just keep checking off these little uh these little moments for this team and that's what a season's about 82 games it's five game increments or 10 game increments you need to stay on it the whole season you can't have these big drop-offs these 
seven, eight game losing uh, streaks as this team has been known for over the last, I don't know, what is it? Well, my entire career covering the team. They always have one time during the season where they just completely fall apart. It's good to see. Yeah. James, you clearly have not seen the trifecta of perfection that is this Washington game on Friday. <laughs> Obviously, the Kings play, you know, they got the Hornets tonight, worst team in the league. You've got the Lakers coming in here who are playing well, but they're playing without Anthony Davis on Wednesday. Friday, you've got the Washington Wizards, who at this point in the season have lost 10 straight games. But that game on Friday, James, is the last game of a six-game road trip. <laughs> it's the second night of a doubleheader. Or uh, back-to-back, excuse me. And the first game of that back-to-back is in Utah. Mm. That is three NBA excuses why the Washington Wizards should lose. <laughs> that is what you call a scheduled loss. <laughs> but not for a typical season. In a typical year, you're like, eh, it's all right. We'll get one of those games. We'll either get Utah or we'll get Sacramento on the second night. Better now you're not going be up that cons- second night. Now you're I going swear up cons- to God, they better not lose that game on Friday. <laughs> yeah, those are two good teams. Those are two really, really good teams that you're going to have to. Uh, and I'm putting the Kings in that that lot. That's a good team. It's a you know. So in my first season, just so for a point of reference, uh, they went three and one to start the year. They lost six straight, one one. Lost eight straight, one one. Lost eight straight. Oh my so, God. so in my first season. <laughs> Goodness. They had a stretch, <laughs> which was game four through game 28, where they won two games. <laughs> oh, And I don't even want to, like, I, I've, I've told this story on the happy hour, and I'm not going to tell it here, but that, uh, they, they lost uh, eight straight. Uh, they played the Washington Wizards and John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins' rookie season, um, and... Uh, they won that game. John Wall hurt himself in warm-ups, uh, and then they lost the next eight after that. That one game, um, yeah, that that's one of those James stories that I, I tell off the record about what happened after <laughs> oh, that game. Oh, man, I got it. I need thank that. God I'm a, thank God I'm a premium subscriber. I got yeah. to hear this story. You better call on me when I raise my hand next uh <laughs> Next happy hour, you can become uh, a premium subscriber by going to thekingsbeat.com. So basically, going back to Kenny's original question mm-hmm. about those moments where, oh, they got, you know, this is going to tell us a lot. No, this is going to tell us a lot. <laughs> We're doing this all damn year, aren't we? Yeah. They're going to be like 43 <laughs> wins. You know, this is really going to tell us a lot about this team. And Well, we can be talking about – uh Home home court advantage. It's tell us team. a lot if this is you know if this is team you know, really team ready for home court. One that's gonna it's gonna tell us a lot. You know they're still like what three games out of the one spot. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. We have to start changing our expectations, and it's so hard to do because this team is like the fan base is Charlie Brown, and this team is Lucy and just keeps pulling the ball right out in front of them and sending them flying. <laughs> again and again and again and again, but at some point, you hope that that changes. And this, it feels like the year. But look, I've said that before. I've said that before. This feels like it might be different. Um, no, like no excuses right now. You need three straight wins, 
and I haven't even looked at the schedule beyond that, these next three games you laid out, like you got to beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. You've got to beat the the Wizards who are on the second night of a back to back and are absolutely you know like shorthanded and all kinds. Mm, yeah. Those are things that you have to do if you want to be this team. It's got to happen right now, and it can't. But every stage of this season, it's got to happen right now. This team has to live in the moment. They got to look at every single stretch as an opportunity and not as, oh great, we're going to go one and five on the road trip and kill all the all the good positive vibes. You've got to figure out like how to like break the season up and to stay in the moment and fight each individual game. And if they can do that, then they got a shot. But that's and that's my thing, Casey. I'm sorry. This okay. is that's the Sacramento Kings franchise. That's not the Sacramento Kings team. And that's what we were talking about a few weeks ago when we were talking about uh, analysts or writers or national media people who don't have anything good to say about the Sacramento Kings who are just like, oh, it's the Kings. They're going to blow it at some point. You clearly haven't watched this team because that's not this group. You're judging the name on the jersey. You're judging the Sacramento Kings more than you're judging the Sacramento Kings team. You're judging the franchise more than you are the team. This version of the Sacramento Kings has not dropped the ball one time this year. No, I and agree. it's that it's that PTSD that we have where we're just oh, we're just we're just waiting for the failure to hit, despite the fact that is so clearly not this team. Yeah, I mean, I I'm just looking at their record right now and going through game by game. Have have they lost a game? Let me look. Uh, the New York Knicks are seventeen and thirteen. They've won seven straight. The Miami Heat are sixteen and fifteen. The Kings, as of right now, like when they played them, yes, but as of today, they don't have a single loss to a team that's uh, that's every single one of their losses is to a five hundred or better team. And I mean, they don't have a single loss to a team that's a bad team. Hmm. That that's. That's where this team is always like, oh, man, you know, if you get Philadelphia on a Tuesday night and you just fired your coach and you should be riding high off the firing of your coach because that's typically how things go in Sacramento or or in other cities, but Sacramento more specifically because they blow through coaches so quickly. Uh, But if you're looking at like going up against a Philadelphia 76ers team missing five starters, you can't get blown out. And that's that was last year. That's not this year. I mean, it's not. Like five years ago, I'm not referencing something way off in the distance. Last year, they got clubbed by a team missing five starters, including like two like all world starters, mm-hmm. and you just get run over. So yeah, it's you got to be different. You got to like resetting the culture is really hard, but it, it's still like that's the moment they're in. Like, how do you stay right here in the moment? You got three games. Each of them are one game at a time. You got to get all three. And because then you got Denver twice. Yeah. And check this out. Even if they were to like the, the numbers that you rolled off of like the teams, they haven't lost to a bad team or under while they were under 500, whatever, whatever it was like, we're even like kind of grading them on a, on a curve. Cause like, yeah, you're going to have some games with like, if they, if you went down that list and you said they had two games against, you know, where they lost against teams, they should have beat. All right. Like, that's the NBA. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? But the fact that they haven't, and even when they do, 
you know, it's, it's we're like kind of shocked by it a little bit. It's a testament to who these guys are, man. They they have had about as even with the zero and four start, about as good of a start to this season as anybody could have realistically imagined. They they've been really really good this year. Yeah. I mean, again, like they talked about it from the beginning of the year. Mike Brown kept saying, "We're going to stay in the moment. We're we're going to be hyper focused on each and we're not looking ahead. Don't ask us questions about the future games. Just stay right here." And it's like, okay. And to be honest, like typically, this team does do that. They always look ahead. They are they're always like five games ahead, mm-hmm. and they're just not doing it that this year. They're they are super super focused on the moment and trying to get that win tonight. And then we'll deal with the next win tomorrow. Yeah. We'll start over again tomorrow, and we'll figure it out. So, yeah. It's just trying sad. to go 1-0 every day, man. <laughs> trying to go 1-0 every day. Just win the day. Go Hawks. Let's ride. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> man. Go Hawks. Let's ride. Oh, so bad. <laughs> you, I, 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 you mentioned this earlier, and I probably should have pressed you a little bit further. Could you elaborate on this? You were talking about Chemezi Metu's play. And... That's why we've seen Rashawn Holmes lately? I'm going to guess. I mean, like, again, they're on the road, and, like, the decision has been made not to use Zoom so you can actually get, like, full-fledged interviews and postgame. Um, so we're not getting those, and, and, you know, no one is traveling outside of maybe one person from the B here and there. Um, so, like, there is no pulling Mike Brown aside and saying, hey, what's going on here? Um, but you know, they've said all along, like we're not forgetting that Rashawn Holmes is on this team. Mike Brown talked about it right before they left for the trip. Like, you know, we talk about all these players who are stepping up and, and don't forget, like we still have Rashawn Holmes sitting over here that is, who's been a starter in this league. And we just haven't been able to figure out how to get him into the lineup yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, look, if you're Chimezi Metu, we talked about this early. He has to buy into his role 100%. And I think he's done such a good job of doing that this season, and it's it's not easy. You're going to get crumbs. You need to go out there, and you need to rebound. You need to hit the lob when it's there. Um, and and if you have just the most wide-open three of all time, go ahead and take it here and there. But if you miss one, don't take another one. Um, like, if as long as he's playing within, like, these strict rules, then he can – he's perfectly serviceable as Demonis Sabonis' backup for – 13 to 15 minutes a night. But when you start seeing the variance and you start seeing things like, okay, I don't know what that was, but like somebody got too hungry and starts thinking that they're going to do this or that. That's when like, sometimes you got to pull back and you got Rashawn Holmes sitting there waiting and you got Namias Keda sitting there waiting. Alex Lynn. Yeah. Alex Lynn has played something like it's, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't think he's logged a hundred minutes on the year. Mm. Uh, Rashawn Holmes logged 120 minutes. So we think about, oh, he got a shot early in the year. Uh, like, he's used to playing 30 minutes a night. That's four games. And, and so he really hasn't got an opportunity either to really show what he can do. And it's about, like, learning on the fly and, and staying in the moment and making sure that you're doing what your role is and not what you want to be or who you think you can be. Just do what they're asking. And, and so, yeah, I, I think that over the last couple of games, we've just seen a little bit of, like different moves. And again, the Kings at some point, don't forget the whole December 15th date. Uh, I think some teams in the league might want to see, especially coming into, um, you know, the G league showcase we talked about earlier. 
all of the executives in the NBA are down in Vegas hanging out together. This is where trades began to take form. They they started in the offseason, but they're further reignited and all that stuff right here at the G League Showcase. And then you start working over, like, you, you have your principles coming out of this. And then you start working on the finer mechanics as you get closer to the deadline. And so do you think that teams need to see that Rashawn Holmes can step on a court and actually run up and down and, and there's not something wrong with him? Yes, that's part of that could be a part of why he's played in the last couple of games. That's what I was going to ask you, too. Like, did you think there was some, some showcase, showcase. Uh, showcasing going well, he's on He's played there. six minutes over two games. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just give him a taste, Casey. Just give him a taste. Don't give him too much. Don't give him too much. It's just a little, little, little taste. We got uh, them samples. Yeah, yeah. Got them samples yeah, up here. Fun. Them red tops. We got them red tops. This is some, uh, some Costco sampler. Like, you walk over like, Oh, that wasn't bad. Oh, man, they be getting you every time with them damn samples. Man, Man, I remember this one bread. They had toasted. Oh, man, I must have bought about three packs of those things. Yeah. Did you ever, uh, like, were you able to duplicate what they did there? Uh, Ish. It wasn't the same, but it was still good. Yeah. It was a good purchase. I'm about to go so hard this weekend. I'm cooking on Friday and Saturday. (laughs) Oh, it's lit. I'm getting in my bag You getting on the grill? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Ooh, I, can't I got wait. the prime rib set up for for Sunday. That's See, that's gonna make that's, me get on the grill, man. I might have to get these hamburgers and hot dogs. What? <laughs> no, oh, no, no, not not for Christmas. Man, no, I'm, no. You can always have burgers for Christmas. What y'all talking about? Slow cook that prime rib all morning yeah, long. That's it. Up the house. Mm, that's good. it. Oh yeah. It's tri tip Saturday, and it's it's prime rib. It's uh, it's. Sounds That's incredible. right. It's Pride Trip Saturday. It's Prime Rib on Sunday. And I, I, I told you the secret, right? Make sure you go to the the produce department and get uh, the horse horse radish root, and actually make your own horse radish. You oh. didn't tell me that secret, but oh. you have told me now, uh, and My we will plan to do that. Goodness, it's the best thing ever. You got, you got to have a little white vinegar, a little uh, James little sugar. We've got to go. Oh, gotta go. My bad. Cooking hour with James Ham uh, coming up on Wednesday. Uh, And we'll be back to recap uh, Kings and Hornets uh, tomorrow at noon here on Sacramento Sports Leader. ESPN 1320, Monday Night Football coming up next. Go Kings. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.